need a vote, you call that Vent the door in all black Four Giados, all that Have posters on my wall, so give me some room She ain't called back, can't wait to see you crawl back Come dump the bitch, fall back And stack it till it's tall Yo, what's up guys, it's Gabs here And welcome back to the Gab Show This is episode number 34 Um and, uh, yeah, I don't have a topics list for this week. I just kind of, I've realized, like, I took a nap that I wasn't supposed to today. So I, I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta, I'm gonna improvise and just talk. And hopefully I can come out with at least seven topics. That's all I need. That's all I need is seven topics. So we may as well start off with, um, oh, obviously, Showstar. The fuck? Uh, what a fucking... What on earth just, what, what even happened? What even fucking happened? I, I, I swear it was a fever dream. Every one of these influencer boxing events is a different kind of fever dream at this point. Um, let's start off, the first two fights went smoothly, pretty much. Uh, I did, uh, there was the battle rapper that was racist towards Salt Poppy, but I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, that's not even... It's not even like a scratching the surface on what the fuck happened on Saturday. Um, and then the main card started. And I believe it started with Anthony Taylor versus fellow Mel Mellow Fellow. And uh, they basically just sparred. Um, and uh, I guess the Mellow Fellow won. I don't know. Fuck both of them. Fuck Anthony Taylor. Because especially into Anthony Taylor. Because he, so, he was so trying to get like Gib to fight. Um, and now he's 0-3. He's 0-3 in, like, major fights. So, like, that's fucking hilarious to me. Um, but, like, they didn't... Nobody threw anything. And then, like, Anthony Taylor, like, realized people were booing him. And he tried to, like, you know, fake, like, with his head movement and try and show off. And then he lost. Because he's, he's in a fucking embarrassment of a MMA fighter and an embarrassment of a boxer. Fuck you, Anthony Taylor. Then we had what's his face? Ryan Taylor? Yeah, Ryan Taylor. There's DK Money. And this motherfucking madman just blatantly headbutted DK Money. Like it was the most blatant headbutt I think I've ever seen. This man was studying Zidane Zidane's fucking tapes before for watching this like for our fighting. Like what the actual fuck was he thinking? At that point I knew Oh, shit. This is starting to get shit. Because even before that, the crowd was getting rowdy. There was literally no security on the one side of the ring where they, like, everyone was just starting to ease into the runway. It was just, it was not, it was, it was not run well. Uh, Showstar definitely needs to invite, I, I honestly think Showstar could do this again. They could definitely do this again. I know the, I know Keemstar's like, oh, no Americans will ever work with you. Fine. We'll just do an all UK card like Joe Weller versus KSI. Like that that's not a big deal. Um But the security needed to be better. Just better in general. I don't know the barricades they were using were like I I knew from the start, as soon as I saw the barricades, I'm like, oh, this could be a problem. Um it was just not they were flimsy. Like you couldn't just knock them over. Like I'm literally, someone ran in the in the ring in the main event. We'll get to that. But like, there, it was just a shit show. Um, and then Vitaly versus Kristen Hamby happened, and uh, 
Hanby was headbutting again. Like, it was all of a sudden there was headbutts fucking galore. Like, nobody, like, did nobody train for this shit? It, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to the sport of boxing. It was embarrassing to you influencers. It was embarrassing to, like, bro, this was embarrassing to Jake Paul. He wasn't even fucking involved, but this was embarrassing and a bad look for Jake Paul because he's just associated with this group. It's fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing plain and simple and then um co-main event this is where it gets interesting because this was a really good fight uh first round it looks like temper's like really using his uh southpaw stance to his advantage he's he's getting the better of kenny he's landing more shots round two more of the same um I think Kenny found it. A, he found he was getting a little bit more comfortable, but still not as comfortable. Round three is where Kenny kind of switched. I think, um, and I think it, low key it was after he had his laces retied because that like this fight has been talked about so much. But I think the underrated part of this fight is when the ref was like, "Yo, Kenny, go tie your shoes," because after that, that's when. Kenny started to pick up the pace a little bit. It's when Kenny, uh, uh, it's when Tommy got his uh, Vaseline in his eye. It's then Kenny landed that comma, which in my opinion won him that round. Round four, I feel like is undefe- undisputed. Kenny won that round. He got the confidence from round three where uh, uh, Tommy was on the ropes and uh, used that to win round four, which then led to round five, which was very, very interesting. Uh, it was, it was almost like the first round where it was should have been a feeling out process. It was they were, they were almost too afraid to make any mistakes, so they just kept doing that. And then eventually, I think the mistakes happened. Um, Kenny kind of lost his defense in the last like minute, like last forty five seconds. Temper landed a combo, which in my opinion won him that fight. We go to decision. First, first uh, judge gives it to Kenny. I'm like, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Second judge gives it to Tepper. I'm like, okay, there is balance here. Then it went to Kenny, and I'm like, at first, I thought Temper was robbed. At first, I thought it was highway robbery. I think Temper really won that fight. Then I rewatched it a few hours later. Muted the sound, and watched every movement, every movement, I had to rewind it a couple times, just to make sure I caught everything, and the rounds that are really vital to this are round three and round five, round three is, I think, what fucked temper, not only was the shoe tying instant, like, it was almost like a moment where literally Kenny was talking to his coaches. He could literally just talk to his coaches. So, I don't know if that was like a wake-up call or something, but he could just talk to his coaches. And then, also, the Vaseline in Temper's eye. All of a sudden, he he can't see. He can't see. So, Temp, uh, Kenny can now unload on him a little bit, which won him that round, in my opinion. And then round five, Kenny's defense in the last minute, it was like Ken, like Tepper could easily just land them. But 
Kenny did land a few shots in the first minute that were that could make the round very close. So those rounds could have gone either way, in my opinion. I gave one to Kenny and one to Temper, which meant Temper won. But I could definitely see a world where, because of the crowd, because of everything, the judges, and even they might be a little bit biased, like I predicted last week. I predicted. I mean, if anything, Temper should have been, like, notified that yo that you're going to have to make this decisive you're gonna have to make this decisive otherwise there's a chance you get screwed here and he didn't make it decisive enough in my opinion and now he's appealing and they've accepted the, the appeal which is you know what good but i don't think it's enough to get overturned because it's such a close fight because it comes down to two rounds, and those two rounds could have gone either way, it's almost unfair on Kenny for them to overturn that decision because because it's too close to call. It's almost too... I think if this, this thing does get overturned, it'll be a draw. Because they can't... They can't give it to... They can't just give it to Temper because it's such a close fight. Uh, I think a rematch has to happen. It has to happen. No matter what the appeal happens, like it has to happen. Um, if Tommy doesn't fight Kenny again, I, I, I low-key lose a lot of respect for him because he they were clearly very, very well-matched fighters. Very well-matched. Um, and I think the inexperience probably of Kenny uh, against Southpaws might have been the reason why it took him so long to adapt to the situation plus he may have froze up a little bit um and uh i mean i, f I feel like at temper at the beginning like before the, s the fight started i couldn't tell if he was focused or nervous like his face was so so like it was so like his eyes were like wide open they were like he was just like it, it, there was no expression on his face. I couldn't tell if he was uh, focused or nervous. And I think he was a little bit nervous until he landed a few shots, which is normal. It's normal. It's his first fight. He's in a UK crowd, which, by the way, anybody could have been jumped at any time. They could have just jumped in the ring, literally, because it happened. Um, and because boxing is boxing and the system is so fucked, I think temper, like... He just didn't make make it decisive enough, which that's okay. You know what? Like, there is no no disrespect to either of these fighters. Both of them put their hearts on the line. They both, uh, they both went out there and did their absolute best. Even though Kenny says he only did forty percent, I think for the situation, uh, they did their best. Maybe his boxing skills better or whatever, but for the situation, they did their best and. Honestly, I want to see the fight again. I want to see the fight again. Let's do it in America, where the judges are a little bit less biased. Um, but I mean, then again, it could it could just happen again. That's the that's the issue now. Is like because the Americans might think this is completely rigged, which I don't think it is. I don't think this is rigged at all because that would make sense. Why would they rig it? They they have a, a proper boxing association who uh, judged and scored the fights, they had proper referees, they had proper everything. So they did that properly. 
I'll give Showstar credit. They did that properly. But because they're English, it's 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 a little bit different, you know? It's a little different. So who knows? Um, I would honestly like to see it do, them do a pro fight. I mean, the, these fights were low-key shit because they were just fighting with mittens. Like, no, there was no knockouts. There was no knockouts because it was fucking 16-ounce gloves. Fucking Alex Wasabi, I don't know what he was thinking, bro. Like, uh, anyway. Uh, and then, obviously, main event happens. Uh... Honestly, Deji looked very... He looked like the best defensive boxer, I think, maybe. Actually, Kenny Kenny was really good, too. People people were underestimating Kenny's defense. He was very good in the later rounds. Um, uh, other than the last minute where he just kind of, like, threw his hands down. Um, but he his slips were just as clean as Deji's. I think that that's, that's definitely something that you can... Uh, at, attribute to their their work together with uh daily and uh definitely that that's definitely something to look for when you're fighting them next um and but dad just didn't throw a punch he just didn't throw a punch i think he was too scared of gassing out that he just didn't realize and they were short rounds only five rounds like there was definitely like it should have been longer, should have had lighter gloves. There was definitely a few things where I was like, this could have been way more entertaining, like boxing-wise. Uh, but Fan jumped in the ring in the second round. I don't know if that maybe fucked Deji up a little bit more, but uh, it definitely like added pressure because you were just sitting in the ring getting cold. And I think that maybe switched, that made Alex get more comfortable and it may have uh, off-put Deji a little bit. Not making excuses for the dude, like, he, I mean, fair, like, at this point, like, yeah, I think you're, you're gonna, we're, we're gonna see Deji win a fight, we're gonna see Deji win a fight, and he's gonna fight until he wins, and then once he wins, who fucking cares, like, honestly, <laughs> I honestly think his viewership might drop if he win, like, once he wins, uh, but, like, Alex looked alright, I, I still think he was a bit stiff. Uh, I think Deji definitely could have won that fight easily. Uh, but obviously, circumstances and whatever. I mean, he says he's going to fight again. There's, there's a few opponents. I mean, I said Anthony Taylor. He's 0-3 now in boxing. May as well. May as well. I mean, I think Deji could beat Anthony Taylor easy. Easy. Um, uh Slim, I th I mean, Slim needs to fight someone credible, so, like, throw him in there, uh, even though, like, Deji's 0-3, like, still, like, I think Slim's still at the level, even though he's 3-0, and he's still at the level of Deji, who's 0-3, that, that's how wild, like, the, the, the level of competition difference has been between, like, the, the fights over in Dubai and the fights in the US and UK. There's definitely a vast, vast difference between the two level of competition. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, Deji could possibly fight. Uh, he's not going to... Like, he, he can't fight someone who's got, like, a winning record almost. I mean, he's, Bryce Hall doesn't want to fight him until he wins. Um, 
it's going to be tough. I think maybe his only his only his only option may be the rematch with Alex Wasabi, which is going to be tough because Alex Wasabi has now got a plethora of options. A plethora. He could fight anyone really. Um, I highly doubt he gets KSI. KSI is still above him. He's got two wins. Alex got one. Competition that KSI faces it was definitely way higher than what uh, Alex Wasabi faced. Even though you know. I mean, like, Dej, no, Deji can't fight Logan. Logan's way too big. Um, Deji, I mean, I'd be interested to see him fight Vinny Hacker again. I think he beats Vinny Hacker. Uh, that would be an interesting fight, I think. But I, I don't know if Vinny Hacker wants to fight again. That's obviously, you know, who knows. Um, and then I, I guess he's going to have to find someone who hasn't fought yet. He's, he, like... I know FaZe Rug wants to fight. I think Deji whoops FaZe Rug's ass. Um, Aiden Ross wants to fight. Again, I think Deji whoops Aiden Ross's ass. Uh, I don't know. But there's... As much as this event was so poorly run, so poorly run, you gotta give it credit because it was entertaining. It was a shit show, but it was entertaining. Uh, which I don't know if it, it was almost entertaining for all the wrong reasons. And I apparently the uh, website went down for the pay per view buys, so like they probably lost like at least like 10k pay per view buys, at least probably way more, uh, just because the site went down on the day. Um, so I guess Showstar wasn't prepared for how big of an event this was. Like fucking Anthony Joshua and Derek Chisora showed up. What the fuck? Like, to, in my mind, I mean, obviously they were probably paid to be there. Um, or they were, oh, I forgot about the arms fight. Arms almost died. He almost died. This man was out of breath and had to get taken off in a stretcher after winning. What other card does that ever happen? Honestly, like, I enjoyed the chaos so much. Do I still have, like, I don't know. Okay, no, I was on a part at a party on Thursday. I will talk about that later. Actually, I could talk about that. Um, but, uh, yeah. It was just not, not, <laughs> not great. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, okay. Now it gets tricky. Mr. Beast went on Joe Rogan. That came out today. I am only halfway through it, but that's part of the reason I, I decided to record right now because I am, my brain's overloaded with ideas. I am now, I mean, the shit that comes out of Mr. Beast's mouth just makes you want to be the fucking best. It makes me want to be the best. And uh some of the shit he says like some of the shit he says like as ideas and shit he's done is stuff i've thought about and that makes me want to be like okay i can actually fucking do this shit like uh i know he said on impulsive like what was that in the summer um that he goes on walks and communicates with people i did that I, I, I did that all of last year, or, or actually I did it for a month last year, so I'm not, and I, I just started doing it again today, because it's, 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 it's the best way to get your mind off shit and just communicate with people, because I've found in the last month or so, I've been so dedicated to what I'm fucking doing, I, I lose track of contact, and like, sometimes it's like way, way harder to, uh, you know, communicate with people, so, 
that's what I'm trying to do too. Uh, I take like two hours out of my day to dedicate it to just communicating with people, thinking of ideas and whatever. Um, and uh, just and, uh, taking in the energy around me because that that's that's a lot I, I live in a nice city where like there's a lot of trees there's a lot of forests there's a lot of and there's a massive lake or, or there's a nice lake in the that's the city's built around um so like i will take a walk down to the dock sit there for a few minutes really take in the energy of the world and then move on and uh you know just like it, it gets you a little bit, it resets you a little bit. It's perfect between school and um, for, for switching from school to YouTube work. I've found like, well, that, to be fair, I only did it really today, but it, it really worked for me. Um, then again, today I didn't really get much YouTube work done because I had an eye appointment. So like, you know, other shit happens. It's just like, it's okay to have a bad day. And that's, yo, I, I'll talk about Gary Vaynerchuk in a sec, but like, uh, yeah, no, it's okay to have bad days, but like back to the Mr. Beast topic, bro, the shit he's been talking about, like, I'm like, you know, this is some shit that I want to do. Like this, this, this shit I'm doing right now is basic level shit. This is just shit to grow a, a little bit of a community. Once I get a budget, I am going to be a bigger icon than Mr. Beast. I will be. I w that is my goal. That is my goal. Uh, because this is the, this is this is the way I look at it. Mr. Beast, for sure, he'll def I will never catch up to him on subscribers or like YouTube shit. But when it comes to mainstream icon shit, Mr. Beast is a fucking kid out of North Carolina. And he's got he he's just a nice dude. He's too nice. And he's too like as as much as he's like you know himself, he's just too put together. I'm a wild card, and that's why I think I'll, I'll be like as much as I, I won't. I may I may not have the numbers he has. I may not, you know, necessarily get the views he has, but I'll make at least comparable content, and I will be a bigger name in the mainstream world that's my goal that is my goal and I, I i almost sound crazy right now talk to me in 10 years i'm telling you talk to me in 10 years I, i'm a psycho but talk to me in 10 years uh it, it, there's there's a plan and uh, also like he was talking like uh he had this group which i found like there's definitely some like a correlation between YouTubers blowing up and the people around him and the, the amount of people doing YouTube that they have around them. Like, I think part of the reason I have not gotten the success I deserve, in my opinion, is because nobody does a YouTube around me. There's no one there that I can just send thumbnails and like editing and like say, yo, what's the edit on this video like? What's the thumbnail like? Do you like it? Does it work? Will it feed the algorithm? I, there's no one I can talk to like that. So like I'm going to start heading people up. I'm going to try and get a group together um, to do that. And maybe out of that group, I want to try and get like a, a, 
some sort of collective collective going sort of like the side man but like maybe maybe a little bit bigger maybe a little bit smaller but like videos like that so that you know we can grow together and like the way Mr. Beast put it, and it's the perfect way to put it, when you put 10,000 hours in, you're learning from your own mistakes. And if you're on your own, you're only learning from your own mistakes. But if you have a group around you who's doing the same shit and they're making mistakes as well, you're also learning from their mistakes so that you know from next time, oh shit, okay, when I make a thumbnail, I gotta make it brighter, I gotta make a flashy color, I gotta do this, do that, right? And then that way you can also study together, like... Uh, he said he studied thousands of thumbnails, thousands of videos with like a, a, a group of like four or five other YouTubers. Um, so that, and then they all like hit a million subscribers like together. So like when it comes to that, you got to fucking find those people. And I just haven't found those people yet. And I think that's, that's part of the reason I'm not where I'm, I'm, I want to be. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm a try and like get my role decks up uh I, I have a couple people in mind that i'm gonna hit up probably tomorrow on tomorrow's walk <laughs> and uh then i can just bounce ideas off people you know so who knows um moving on from that gary vaynerchuk okay i used to have an opinion of gary vaynerchuk that i think was slightly unfair but almost actually don't you know what it was fair because of He's even said it was fair. So I watched Gary Vaynerchuk on KFC Radio this last week, I believe. It was either this week or the week before. Uh, but he was talking about, like, he, he know he's self-aware. And I never thought he was self-aware. I thought he was just like, you know, oh, oh, if you do this, you can make money. If you do this, you make money. You know, just casual like there, there's there's that subset of genre there's he's the head of it but there's a lot of people underneath it that like trickle that i'm like okay no you're actually that fucking stupid but um well not stupid because they're obviously rich and shit but you know but gary v's like he as much as he pre he preaches to try and motivate you and i never really realized that he's just trying to get you to where you want to be and he he's kind of giving you a sense of hope uh, with his videos rather than actually giving you like genuine advice. Some of his videos could be useful. I, I, I don't really watch his content, but I, I got new perspective because he's he's just trying to give you that sense of hope. Oh, you could fucking do this. Go take a risk go do this, go do that. And then that way he can, you, you can really flourish. And, uh, uh, before, before, before I even heard this interview, I genuinely thought he was just a fucking, he was like, Oh yeah, it was because it, it, some of his premises are a little bit ridiculous. Like going garage sailing. Okay. People do that for sure. Uh, but like the way he was negotiating, it was a little bit like, I mean, it's played up for the camera. So, like, it's not necessarily real-life advice if it's played up for the camera. But, even though, even if you just take the basic out of that, it works. But I never I never thought of it that way, you know? So, like, anytime Gary Vee talks about crypto and whatever, 
as much as it's, in my opinion, it's still like rich people doing rich shit. Like, I don't give a fuck about crypto. I don't give a fuck about NFTs because I'm not rich. I don't have the money to spend on that. I'm trying to make money. You know, that's not necessarily a guaranteed way to make money. That's how to multiply your money. You know, you have to have money to make money in those ways, you know. So it, it doesn't it doesn't work for the average Joe. Uh, which I don't think, I think people don't get. And some people are actually like some people who are actually not very aware or like have perspective. They actually believe every word he says, which is the issue. I think, um, they buy into every word. They try and do everything Gary V does. And when it doesn't work out, they're like, okay, now I have to double down. And then that's when they start losing their money. They start fucking wasting away their life and not actually using part of his information and making it their own. They're just trying to be the next Gary V and it's just not going to work. You know, everyone's path is different. Everyone's life is different. Everyone's circumstances are different. There's no way for you to actually just replicate every single aspect of someone's life like that so as much as like oh having a mentor like these mentorship things that people advertise i don't think gary v has one which is good because that means he's actually like a like real person like if he's mentoring you you work for him uh whereas like these guys ah, i forget this one dude's name i forget his one dude's name but he's always on tiktok and you, you see his videos and he's like, uh, he's like, he's a motivational speaker, which it, 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 that's a bullshit title. It's a bullshit title. It's basically, I'm scamming you out of your money to make you give you false hope. That that's, that's what motivational speaking is almost. Um, and so you take, um, this dude like does mentorships and you have to pay him like a, 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 a monthly fee to learn from him. That's just not going to work. That's just not going to work. Learn this shit on yourself. Trial and error, trial and error. This, he's not going to give you, he's not going to give you the time of day. Cause realistically, you're just giving him money. He's making money off you being hopeless. If you're signing up for a mentorship, you're hopeless. And you're signing up to get hope. And realistically, what you're going to get back is just not going to be as uh, financially like comparable to what you're giving in. And that uh, that's the issue with these mentorships and everything. It's just not, it's not feasible. It's just not feasible, you know. So, who knows. Uh, I mean, like, I definitely... I, my opinion on Gary Vee has changed, but there's definitely a genre that trickles under him because of how big Gary Vee is and the type of content he makes that is a bunch of bullshit, you know? You can't just group Gary Vee in with them, but because of Gary Vee, they're like that. That's all. Um, and, uh, yeah, now I got to trickle for topics. Uh, I, I, I mean, like, seriously. <laughs> um... Oh, the roast of Bryce Hall came out today as well, uh, and I watched that, and uh, it was disappointing. It was honestly disappointing. A lot of jokes got cut. I know Jeff Wittick's full set got cut, 
Um, and they, it was, it was too brand friendly. It was too brand, like, this is a roast. This is a roast. Like, I get it, your influencers, people don't understand that you're making jokes because your audiences are four years old. Like, that is, that is definitely an issue. But, you can't censor yourself in a roast. And you can't just cut shit. Um, I, Jason Nash was, uh, got the, got the event like sponsored because obviously he's just trying to put his kids through college. Like I understand Jason Nash's perspective, but there's gotta be another way. I, I think in my opinion, like this roast was so bland. There was a couple good lines, but that was about it. I think, I think Noah Beck got roasted more than anyone on stage did. And that's just because the cut. Not only that, but the edit was dog shit. Like there was like the laugh track from like the last last one was just not working. It was it was very clearly poorly cut, poorly edited, and it makes no sense because it had a fucking month. Like you had a month for this shit, and that's what came out. That is disappointing. It's very very disappointing, and I uh, I think uh, Jason said he's gonna try and do two more before the end of the year. I think he needs to switch up the format because the form the format they used worked when it was just a vlog squad and there was COVID going on. Now this COVID's kind of done, and um, uh, you're getting other people involved. I think doing it in front of uh, a live audience of fans would be even better. I think uh, if you brand it as like a comedy special like comedians do like comedy central did with their roasts you can avoid 90 percent of the cancellation which would probably allow you to know you take take away the the sponsorship but you add the ticket sales uh you, you could sell out at a theater depending on the creator um and then you can just make you can make the money you want to make while also like keeping the content at a certain level because this this level of content was very low it was not it was not it wasn't even good, as good as the Jason Nash roast like the Jason Nash roast at least you can see the continue like there was some continue uh What's the word? Conti continuity. That's it. it. Con continuity sake. You can see there was just no continuity with this. And like, I, I mean, like some of the jokes where I was like, okay, like some of Adam W's jokes. I don't even know who that is, but some of Adam W's jokes, like he was just calling people gay. Like someone called Josh a twink, I'm pretty sure. And that didn't get cut. So, like, what did get cut? Because I feel like that was almost, like, borderline cancelable. So, what did get cut? And how bad was it truly? Like, was it truly that bad? I know they cut Gideon com completely out. Which was, I, I, from what I thought, was going to be one of the funniest parts. Like, I think there's a level of out-of-touchness that comes with branded content that doesn't really work with a roast. And, and it, it should seriously, like, Jeff, Jason should really reconsider the, um, 
the model of his roasts because this one didn't work. It just didn't work. Um, and like, it's disappointing because like even Josh, Josh Richards, like he put in work. He went, he went over to Whitney Cummings house. They, these people put in work for their sets and, uh, what they said was pretty, it was all right. It was funny to like on a normal person, but like, uh, <laughs> I've watched way too much stand up to see right through it. The delivery wasn't great on these jokes. They weren't, the content wasn't there. Like Jonah's set was three jokes. I swear it was, it just wasn't, it, it, it just didn't, it was like, it, it could have been so much fucking better. So much better. And I feel like the fear of canceling, getting canceled, ruined it. Which, I mean, like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, if you're gonna say it, say it with your chest and say it publicly. That That's it. That's really it. You have the choice of getting canceled. Like, if you get canceled from a joke, you're weak. You are weak. You are the weakest type of creator. You cannot, you cannot make a joke and get canceled from it unless you truly, truly, truly succumb to the pressure. Like you can't, I'm trying to think of people who've been canceled for jokes. Uh, I'll take an example from our, our, a, a true comedian, Ari Shafir. He made a joke after Kobe died because he hated Lakers fans. And he never apologized for it. Never fucking apologized for it. I'm actually going to Google the joke. Because it was, it was pretty bad. But he never apologized for it. And he's still got a career. But also, like, he's a comedian. I get it. You know what? But they're not going to make a joke the level of Arshafir. Arshafir is fucking borderline, like, comedian. He pushes the limits completely, you know? But, uh... Kobe. Yeah, let's see the, the tweet. Okay. This is this is this is the a quote from Arshfear. Kobe Bryant died twenty years, twenty three years too late today. He got away with rape because all the Hollywood liberals who attack comedy enjoy rooting for the Lakers more than they dislike rape. Big up, big ups to the hero who forgot to gas up his chopper. I hate the Lakers. What a great day. <laughs> all right. Maybe it's not as funny as I thought it was. Like, that was a little bit... Uh, that was a little bit... Like, that... It didn't necessarily sound like a joke. But that's also the difference between saying it... Saying it vocally and saying it on Twitter, you know? I genuinely think when you... Uh, when you say the... Vi like, a joke... And it's on camera into a microphone... It's ten times... Easy, like easier to keep context and keep everything, and that way, you know, you you, you uh, what's called. Then, uh, when you put it into writing, because in writing you can just take it out of context, no matter what. And I think that's part of the reason, like like Barstool Sports has suffered from that, even though, like, Barstool Sports has also said some shit vocally that's not, like, great, but, like, you know, uh, when you take things out of context, it's way easier to do it in writing than when you 
speak it out. Because when you speak it out, you, you're using tone. You, there's intonation. There's a sense of sarcasm or whatever that you could tell that this person is saying this and doesn't mean it. It doesn't mean it. I, I saw a clip from Gris Talia today, and I thought it was perfect. I, I'm, I, I'm actually going to play it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can't cancel someone who's making a joke because they're joking. They don't mean jack shit they're saying. Like, here, let me just play this. Weird to get mad at a comedian for what we say. It's actually the weirdest. Do you know why? We're joking. <laughs> We made the whole thing up, okay? We didn't mean it. But this is the best part about that to me. You paid us to say it. Do you know how fucked up that is? Here's how you really realize how fucked up it is. Imagine it all sped up. Like, it usually takes time to get offended at a comedian at his show. You buy the ticket a month in advance, and you're like, well, I can't wait to see you. You watch a show. During the whole show, you're just, ah, ha, 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 you know? And then they say one thing, and you're like, I don't know about the one part, but... <laughs> and you leave, you're in a good mood. And you get home, fall asleep, you wake up the next day, and you're like, oh, that one thing bothers me, blog, right? That's how it happens. But imagine it all sped up. Imagine you could walk up to a comedian, and you're like, hey, comedian, I'd like for you to say something. Here's some of my money for you to say it. And then the comedian's like, okay, blah, blah. And then you're like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Like... <laughs> I actually think that applied way better than I thought it would because the roast of Bryce Hall was literally that last part. Your audience is clicking it instantly trying to laugh and trying to laugh at Bryce Hall and everyone else's sake. And then when you say something to make them laugh at other people's sake, they get mad. What logic, what logic is put into that? What logic? And I think, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think this is down to Jason Nash. Like, he's a part of, he's David, David Dobrik's like right-hand man. So that, that, that's part of the reason David Dobrik is so afraid of controversy and everything. I think that rubbed off on Jason here. And he forgot, he forgot the perspective between good comedy and being afraid of your own fans he's afraid of his own fans and at that point i don't know if there's any helping you know like maybe because i understand jason's an ash perspective because he's not as big as he used to be he's the only thing going for him are these roasts really He's got vlogs that he's probably got a still a decent core fan base. He's still got a few people like that actually like watch all his content and whatever. But like he these this is where he like he he's really kind of made a stake and like what he's gonna be specialized in. But he has to improve. He has to improve, and he has to realize like. The jokes he was making, like, I'm surprised he even went there. Yeah, I'm surprised he even went there. And the, the jokes that made the cut, I'm surprised he even went there. To go there, if you're going to go there, you may as well go all the way. Don't go any halfway in and out bullshit. Go all the way. 
If you're going to roast, roast. If not, let other people do it. And I think that's what it comes down to. Because uh, you can't you can't have this half, like, oh, half, like, politically correct bullshit when you're caught talking about a roast. Like, it's just not... People are going to get offended. Get the fuck over it. And that, that, that's that. So how much have I talked about? Talked about Showstar event, Mr. Beast, Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay, I've got four topics. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a clip a day for this week. That's all I'm trying to do. And I've been war. This proved that I could fill an hour by myself. I've talked a lot. And it's been 46 minutes. I'm meant to do this shit, bro. I'm meant to talk for a living. <laughs> um, all right, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about this. I'm meant to talk for a living. Part of my future plan is to have a podcast network, sort of like uh, Gas Digital. Uh, you you may not know who they are, but like uh, they're, they're it's run by a comedian, Luis J. Gomez, who's Quite frankly, like he's one of those comedians. He's like our, he's like friends with Ari Shafir and shit. Like he pushes the boundaries a little bit, but you know, it's comedy again. It's comedy, uh, and that goes back to the Chris D'Elia clip and whatever. But I feel like for like a podcast network, you gotta have like a bunch of podcasts and whatever. And I've already kind of started. I, I have two. I have two on the go. I, I mean, one I am relying. On two people who are very fucking busy and it pisses me off. Uh, but, like, also, like, I understand. It, it, I understand. So that's why, like, there was no Locker Room Mafia podcast this week. Uh, everyone was busy. And I think, well, Edgar got grounded, which I can, I, I forgot that topic. Let me write that down because I was going to talk about it. I, I don't want to write it on my hand. I'll talk about it in a sec. Here, let me get a dox open. Um, but yeah, so I want to start a podcast network. Um, and what that means is just uh, there's a bunch of podcasts under the same label. Um, and you can have like a site dedicated to that and uh, have it have some of it behind a paywall, have some of it not. Most of it's going to be based on YouTube, but they're going to be delayed releases. Sort of like, I know, I think, actually, here's a more probably relevant example. Uh, Tiny Meat Gang, TMG Studios, they've started releasing other podcasts for, with other co other hosts and other people so that, you know, it's, it's under a network and whatever. Um, if you're into hockey and sports, you'll hear of the SDPN with uh, Steve Dangle, who's now got, like, Chris Johnson and everyone under their, their uh, label and whatever. So it's stuff like that that I want to do part of part of a bigger picture organization that I want to build. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that that's part of it. So like it was uh, it was uh, it was good. Like like this is this that that's one of the things of building. So all this to say. If you are interested in starting a podcast, DM me on Instagram um, at Gabs underscore YT, and uh, I will see if I can, I, even if it's just helping you, even if it's just helping you set it up, uh, you could do all the work and whatever. I, I won't even take a cut because like, you know, 
I'm not really doing anything, but like, I just want to, uh, if you want to help, if you want help setting it up, I know everyone and their mom's got a podcast, but you, realistically, if you do everything right, the way, uh, I'm planning on doing it, you can, you can definitely, there's a definitely a thing there. Like people are making money off podcasting now. Like it's, it's real and, and it's not going anywhere. Uh, even though obviously like there is a, there is a difference between like TV and podcasting because a- anyone can do, have a podcast. Anyone can make a podcast. Everyone can, you know, whatever. But there's definitely a level of uh, shit that you can get to without all that. And you can be better than your mob's favorite podcast, you know? So, yeah, you just got to be dedicated to it. And, um, yeah, so I, I, if anyone who's trying to create content at all, hit me up. Like, uh, I, I want to bounce ideas off people, um, and you can bounce off ideas off me, even if it's just music. Fuck it, just send me music. I like, I like listening to music that, so, like, bounce shit off me, and, uh, yeah, I'll be there. Um, but yeah. This brings me to my sixth topic. Party. I went to a party on Thursday. Uh, I'm not going to give too much detail. Uh, but it was at my friend's and, uh, his cousin was in town because his cousin's foreign and he, he was here for like a month and it was just going away party. So like, you know, we all like, we're like, okay, let's go hard. And, uh, it was actually the night, like the phase top 100 was revealed. So I was like, okay, I'm either going to be trying to drink to forget about that or drink to celebrate, uh, ended up drinking to forget about it because I didn't make the top 100, which, which, you know, I, I mean, I didn't really expect it. Uh, but like, I, I'm not at a level where I should be making phase anyways. So like, but I could definitely, I, I can definitely see a path where I maybe end up at with phase in the future or whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I started off the party and my friend bought a bottle of tequila and we, it started off because he, he hadn't, he, the whole month he hadn't seen, uh, my other friend's cousin. So he was like, okay, let's wait for him and let's take a shot. And I'm like, why don't we just take one now? And then we'll take one with, uh, with said cousin. And he's like, yeah, fair. Then we did that. And then we ended up waiting for the cousin a little bit more. And all of a sudden we were taking like, uh, we ended up finishing the bottle in the first hour and a half, uh, Plus, I had uh, shit to sip on. I had uh, my side lemonade. Plus, I had a full bottle of sour puss to myself. So you can imagine how plastered I got. And everyone else was on the same level. Everybody was on the same level. It was that type of party. Uh, so much so that I actually don't even think I told you guys, but like I'm not a virgin anymore technically, and that's a story I will tell way in the future because it's still a little bit too soon. But the girl I lost my virginity with was there, and let's just say I haven't talked to her since. And the only sentence I said to her that night was, "You," and I quote, "quote, oh you, yeah, yeah, we know each other way too well." That was the the only sentence I ever spoke to her. And I don't even remember her reply, but whatever. But it, it was that type of party. Uh, people showed up. I don't know if I... T- I think I told this story back in December where I made out with a girl and then she hooked up with her ex like 
20 minutes later. Well, her ex was there and uh, kind of, yeah, I mean, he's chill. He's chill. So it wasn't even that big of a deal. But like, it's still, uh, it was still weird. I, I thought I was tripping when I saw him because like, Court, my friend had said that he was never to be at a party again. <laughs> but his, my friend's sister also invited them. So it wasn't even like a, it's a, it's a little bit of a different story. It's a little different dynamic. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that was it, basically. Um, I don't want to expose this person, but one person got way too drunk and had to work in the morning and then ended up getting grounded. But uh, I'm not going to say who. Uh, and uh, that that was the type of party. I ended up, I think I still have scrapes on my knees from walking home. Uh, it's, it was only two blocks away, so it's not even like that, that crazy, but like it was cold in the Canadian winter. And I fell in the snow a few times. And I, I, I even, like, lost, like, uh, the guy I was walking home with uh, <laughs> at one point because he dropped his shorts. He had he, br he had brought, like, an extra pair of shorts just in case, like, he threw up on himself or whatever. And he dropped his shorts in the middle of the intersection. And he had to go back and get them. And all of a sudden, I turned around and he wasn't there. And I was like, uh, what the fuck? Uh, where do I go? Where do I go? Yeah, so I had to wait for him. He, he eventually appeared uh, out of thin air and, uh, yeah, made it home safely. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think, you know what? I think I can I can separate the show start card into two two things. Uh, that's going to be for today's video, today's episode. Uh, I did a nice 55 minutes. I think that's the longest episode I've done in a while. I'm actually going to check. It's probably the lo the longest episode I've done on the Gab Show Gab Show Yo, channel, up, guys. Uh, ignore that. Uh, yeah. So seven months ago, number twenty nine was the last episode to reach fifty minutes. This is the longest episode since uh, episode twenty five. So there you go. Uh, I actually think it's it's even longer than that. Uh, do we have many? Okay, 24 is an hour and two minutes. I'm not going to get to an hour and two minutes. So, yeah, that that was... That's 11 months ago. It's the, it's the longest podcast I've done in 11 months. Other than The Locker Room Mafia. That one's an hour. But, yeah. That's going to be today's episode. Be sure to like, subscribe. Follow me on all socials. Follow the, the podcast on all socials. Everything's linked down in the description down below. And uh, yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode.